welcome to Hockey Development Talk. Today I'm in Loughborough with uh, Matthew Wayne. Again, Matthew, again, I should <laughs> yeah, say. Can't get rid of me, like a bad smell. So this time it's all about you, your journey. Scary. Um, the coach is part of Coaching Week, so it should be a good story, hopefully. Well, I'll, I'll do my best, I'll yeah, do my best. We're in a busy uh, Loughborough as well, so we will apologise to other people that might be listening. Um, <laughs> do you want to give us a bit of, bit of background then? On my coaching yeah, um, hockey. I'll go hockey first. Hockey, okay. Yeah. So, um, when did you start? God, I was uh, so I used to live in Abingdon, just outside Oxford, um, and ended up, um, at, you know, just at a local school. And uh, Tilsley Park opened up, which was one of the first, I think it was one of the first, like, double pitch um, AstroTurfs that was in the country. Um, so, we had someone pop in, someone say, Do you want to try hockey? And uh, I did. So, I think it was probably maybe a little bit of cheap babysitting at first for the parents <laughs> and, and you know I grew to love it and sort of carried on from there went and moved on and played for what was Headington was then Rover Oxford and now is Oxford Hockey Club after sort of different changes through the years um, played a bit for local team Abingdon as well around sort of end of school age and then off to university in uh, at Gloucestershire there so played a bit for Cheltenham while I was there um, yeah and then I got my sort of full-time job teaching uh, in Marlborough, so we moved just outside Swindon, which is where we currently are, and uh, yeah, just joined Marlborough Hockey Club, um, met a bloke called Rich Holman, who was the uh, first team captain there, he worked at the school I went to, so he, as soon as he heard I was a hockey player, uh, he knew I was uh, I was joining the working community and was uh, and nabbed me straight in, so yeah, and nice. I've been playing there, or had been playing there until start of last season when the coaching sort of took over and I made the decision actually if I'm going to do this properly I need to I need to concentrate on that so yeah so this has been the end of my first non-season playing which has been quite strange at times but it's been good it's been good <laughs> how have we found that oh I get the buzz everyone's yeah. on the pitch yeah. you get the buzz yeah pick the stick out you're like oh yeah. I remember how to do this um but I think I'm quite realistic that I'm a better coach than I ever was a player so I think and I get a lot of joy out of uh, what I do in terms of the coaching side of it which is probably more than I did as a player which you know I don't know if everyone feels that way I think some people coach because they're no longer able to play whereas I've sort of made the decision a bit earlier so I would have had still a few decent years in me at a very average level but a few decent years left in me so yeah it's been yeah it's been an interesting transition I've loved it I've started a new sort of coaching role this year um, at Bristol University so working with Ben Dudley there the director of hockey yep um, so he uh, we chatted last season about coming and working there so I dropped to four days in my teaching role um, did a Wednesday with the Bucks and the Saturday league stuff with the girls so that's been like my proper like opportunity to I suppose develop a bit of a program around a group rather than just train once play once it's been yeah. quite a different experience on that it's been it's been good been challenging but been really good uh, we'll come back to that one Ooh, uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, coaching then what was the first experience of you coaching when did you take that up God, coaching specifically was yeah. probably um, at uni as more of a necessity right. um, I was first team captain in my final year wasn't exactly a highbrow high big budget sat here in the elite <laughs> athlete uh, lunch area at Loughborough it wasn't quite this no. um, so it was kind of yeah just sort of started doing it then I'd always been um, considering teacher training so like the idea of of coaching and teaching there's obviously a lot of interpassable skills um, did things like junior sports leader award when I was a kid and loved it and was involved in all that kind of aspect so it kind of just fit um, 
and yeah I got real buzz out of it mm. real buzz out of it and then did you then start to go into qualifications the old level one yeah level I two, I didn't I, I didn't do the old level one um, I came oh, to do I the see. old level two um, in I think it must have been about 2012 um, was so that because of your teaching experience yeah so I, I, I got in touch boxes. with England hockey and yeah. sort of said look i I this is where I'm at. I think yeah. I'd been teaching for four years by then. Yeah. I'd had quite a lot of hands-on experience yeah. coaching because as soon as I, well, within a, about 18 months of me going to Marlborough um, to play, the, the then coach felt we had to step back and I sort of filled the void, as it were, mm. um, player coaching. So, I, yeah, I, and then I did, yeah, level two down in Exeter with Claire Hayes. I'll give her a name check here. Claire Hayes, <laughs> wonderful woman, fantastic lady. Um, yeah, so I did it down there. Yeah, it must be 2000. Yeah, it must have been 2012. Right. Um, which was yeah, which was it, yeah, it was good. It was an experience. It was a bit different to how it runs now. Um, oh, but I think you're kind there. It's, it's a lot different to what it was. Yeah, then. yeah, okay. I'm, maybe I'm watching my words a little bit too much. I'm on brand, right? Yeah, I'm on yeah, brand. yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I suppose that sort of it gave me a bit more of the knowledge surrounding coaching, and, and then I'd had my experiences. Um, Can you remember your key key moments, key points to take off from that that course then? I think it was about start with the the what so in terms of what do I want the players to get from it so the theme rather than you know I see it quite a lot now in the coach development role is people have seen a really cool practice or game being done by another coach and they're like oh cool I'll, I'll do that yeah. they'll go on YouTube and see like a Guardiola 4v4 yeah. plus 3 and, and think oh that's what I'll copy but actually you know, it's one thing putting putting the activity out there, putting the cones down, whatever you want, getting the players stood in the right place to start with. But actually, coaching that is quite yeah. a big thing. So I think for me, it was, yeah, what what do I want for the end of the session, and then work back. And I think my teaching sort of career helped with that a lot because that's obviously came into education as a big driver. So that was going to be my next question, really. Coaching, teaching. What did you, what did it look like at the beginning? I know that coaching's not come to an end, but what did your teaching look like at the end? Do you know why? I, why? I, I think I was a Oh, how do I word this? I think I, as a teacher, I was probably better than I was as a coach, if that makes sense. So I think as a coach, I went a little bit more didactic at first. It was a bit of, well, I, I don't know if it was a bit of prove yourself of like I need to, I need to show I know what I'm talking yeah. about. So I gave a lot of answers. Yeah. Um, and teaching had been quite a lot that way right at the start of my career. But I was quite lucky that there was a lot of sort of new educational philosophies that came in. Um, around the idea of a skills-based curriculum and St John's Marlborough where I was at was actually quite at the front of that so they had things called like the St John's skills and things. so it was about developing the skills around the subject knowledge a bit like the end in mind principles are yeah. with hockey so what do we want the people to be like how can we do that through hockey so I, was, I think my teaching probably took an earlier spike yeah um, and I, yeah my coaching's kind of caught up a little bit since then do you feel that show you wanted to show more in the coaching was down to because you hadn't played at the highest level? Yeah, or probably. Like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I still, I still have that a little bit, like imposter yeah. syndrome sometimes. Yeah. You know, I played to an all right level. Yeah. Um, Who is this guy? Why? Is yeah. He here? Why, why am How's I? Al- why am I allowed to? Game? Yeah. Why am I allowed to talk to people who know a hell of a lot more than me? Um, and I guess it's yeah, it's trying to yeah, not prove yourself. But there's an element of that, isn't there? Yeah, like you know, you go in with a new team. And in an ideal world, they make a lot of the, the decisions, they come to their own conclusions, but inevitably, I think as human beings, one, we get into coaching and teaching because we want to help people, 
it's just who we are as people that's why we do yeah. it um, and also there is an element of actually I need to just to show them I know enough mm. that the, the respect and the credibility is there I think credible is a word I use a lot do yeah. I feel like I have the credibility and I'm I'm getting there I'm getting there but I'm you know, I'm well aware there's a lot of things I don't know so it's it's how I get to them I suppose is, is my yeah. skill set yeah and how do you how do you then get to know that information and what what is it that you need to then do with that information yeah. is, is really yeah. important yeah. so Okay, so we've, we spoke a little bit about background. Um, do you want to talk about currently then? I know you've brought up a little bit about Bristol and you've brought up a little about this role. What are you currently delivering? Cool, there's, there's, yeah, it's quite a wide variety at the moment. So um, in terms of from a, a club level, yep. um, I've been with Bristol University this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually moving, relocating as a family um, down to Exeter. Um, in September, oh, just further away from Bishop. Yeah, yeah, yeah love a drive, <laughs> good, love a good drive. Idea. <laughs> Two and a half hours is, is what I want to drive. Right. Um, so yeah, so we're relocating. Uh, we've got some family friends that way, and okay. extended family, and lovely area of the world. So we're moving there. Hopefully, the house will be built in September time. <laughs> Fingers crossed, and all that. Touch wood. Right. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to be able to stay at Bristol University this mm-hmm. year. Um, so I have had conversation with Harry at Exeter about doing some coaching there and that looks like it's gonna it's gonna happen yeah um, so that'd be great can't wait to start at, you know been very lucky two very nice universities <laughs> I've done I've done quite well for myself yeah. in that respect um, then pathway based so I am currently the girls head coach at Bristol Performance Centre I've uh, been doing that for God, this would be the third season yeah third season of that um, really enjoying that had a you know thoroughly enjoy that environment I love the the compact time that you get and the fact that it's over a season and, you know I think it's you know having been in the old model of the single system of JRPC and that like six session window of contacts I think the the new player pathway just offers such a greater value in terms of a development program which mm-hmm. is what it should be not a yeah. it's six weeks to see who the best of you are to then put you through to the next level it's they spend a year making you better hockey players uh, which is cool uh, I also uh, involved with the dice program, um, so that's sort of another big chunk of, of where I'm doing my coaching. So we've for had those that don't know, do you want to explain what that is? Yeah, so it's a diploma in sporting excellence. Um, so it has got um, university accreditation to it. I think it's the equivalent of a an AAS level, I believe. Right. I might be slightly outdated on that, so please don't quote me on that. Anyone <laughs> who, who thinks that is like the law now. Um, so it's done based on sort of nomination from performance centre for people mm-hmm. of the right age group. Yeah. Um, contains quite a few players who perhaps were England under 16s as a true under 16 and haven't quite made the jump to the 18s yet. Uh-huh. So it's it's the challenge I suppose with DICE is how do we create an environment that's going to help those players accelerate their development because obviously we, it's not, it's not going to be the same quality as a NAGS environment. Uh-huh. Um, not enough contact time and players aren't strong that's how it is um, but how can we try and keep that gap close rather than letting it widen which is one of the challenges I think at all levels of the pathway we could talk about for quite a while um, so we've got one more camp of that and that'll lead into the home nations which and is just to be clear on that that's pitch time that they have yeah hockey pitch time yeah. they have ho- hockey off pitch time but they also have study time yeah as well. they it's, do it's a full well. qualification yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's it's tough it's yeah. a tough camp for them yeah. and for us to be honest as, yeah. as coaches because we do a lot of one-on-one coach reviews um, so it's either on pitch delivering hockey or off pitch talking to people about their hockey um, and yeah it's, it's a really well-rounded sort of um, yeah. qualification for the girls they seem to have really enjoyed it um, and actually 
I've just been blown away by the level of maturity that these like 16, 17 year old girls have. They're a lot more switched on than I think, well, definitely than I was then and possibly than I am now. <laughs> you know, the, the level of how grown up and how sort of thoughtful they are about the future is quite, it's, it's sort of stunned me at times, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, so that's three different sort of environments there with regards to the club. Uh, Bristol, hopefully moving to Exeter. Uh, pathway with regards to Bristol, which I'm assuming you're probably going to have to relinquish as well, is it? Or? Don't know yet, don't know yet. Oh. In the coach development role, um, yeah. You know, I want to have a decent connection to the whole of a region okay. rather than be too isolated down in one area. So, one, I might be counting chickens because they're up for reapplication this year. So this it could be a moot point. Um, yeah, I I think we'll have to wait and see how the land lies on that. I, I would be quite keen to stay with Bristol. I think the relationships I've built there with players, coaches, parents, yeah, the wider community around hockey there, um, the academy centres. You know, I. I I'm at a point where I feel like I've kind of got it where it yeah. needs to be. Um, so I, yeah, I would I would probably rather say Bristol, but okay. again, who knows? We'll see. Yeah. I'll let you know when I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then obviously Dice. So I think I would ask the question here: is is there any is there any similarities between the three programs? And if so, what is the similarity? What what is it that you're able to go? Why well, this is similar? Um, I think they're probably all fairly. If you you know if you had the development performance spectrum, yeah. they're probably all three of them are further towards the performance spectrum, yeah. um, which brings its own challenges, but also its own sort of luxuries in terms of things. You know, you maybe player numbers are a bit lower on them, but decent amount of contact time, um, and you've got players who can generally pick things up pretty mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Um, the, like with Bristol this year, the thing I've been so impressed with is is clearly they're intelligent people you know Bristol, yeah, is, yeah. Bristol is not a bad university yeah. I've said it to him a few times this year I walk in any room there I'm probably the dumbest person in that room and right. that's, that's fine I don't mind that yeah. um, so they pick like new concepts and new ideas new things up really really quickly um, and I think one of the big things I like about the pathway as well is potentially having like two three years of contact with these girls as they go through performance center is you can just see the difference in their like their hockey understanding their hockey diet from the time they join to the time they leave yeah not just because of the exposure they get with us you know it opens their eyes to new things and coaching generally is moving forward but I've always been impressed with how much about hockey these these girls at this age know that I again I wouldn't have had anywhere near that knowledge at their age and I think that's probably a clear shift in the way coaching's gone you know how hockey literate are you can you talk about the game do you understand it Whereas it probably used to be, you're playing here, your job is to do this, yeah. done. I think that's yeah. quite a, a, a really powerful shift that I get to see happen all the time, I guess. I, I'm probably a bit spoiled in what I coach. Do you think now that, that creates a bigger challenge for you because your sessions, the yeah. session design, etc. Yeah, has very to be... true. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know if it's just because I'm used to it because that is like my coaching environment. But yeah, I think I do spend a lot of time thinking about how a session will look and yeah. reflecting on it and trying to think you know one of my big things is like scoring systems make it fun make it playful um i in fact your uh, your recent twitter that you put out about uh, coaching week that blew up yeah. Yeah. most popular man ever yeah. the phone must have been going off um i think one of the ones i put on there is um like really consider how you're going to coach not just what i think we kind of get so hung up on session design and getting the right practice or game or rule set or constraints in there we kind of then get to a point where it's working and go ah. And actually, it's at that moment, and the coach is most important. You know, 
Yeah, it is. Individual challenge, yeah, group challenge, them. stretch. Just even know. how you how are yeah. you gonna ask a question? What are you gonna ask? What are you gonna possibly hear as an answer? If you hear that, what's your follow up question? How are you gonna get them to expand? You know, we all play buzzword bingo with our coaches. If a coach asks a question, you'll hear space, you'll hear yeah. communication, you'll hear teamwork, you'll hear all the things that they think they, that you want to hear. Yeah, I heard that last night, and uh, actually none of them were the real correct answer that, that yeah. were there. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 were, they were good answers, but I'm yeah. not sure they really were the answer that no, we were really looking classic. for. So we went, we went in a bit deeper, and yeah. that proved they didn't have the knowledge or yeah. the understanding of what we were trying to do. And I think it's, it's learning to listen as well in, in the session, mm. as well as something that I'm sort of working on as well. I don't think I'm there with it yet, of like... I know where I want the session to go and yeah. you know I've seen it happen to coaches and I've done it been there myself in that you almost you just you get them to talk they offer yeah. your feedback and you kind of go yeah that's great now let's move on to what I want to talk about yeah. and it's like well no wait a minute there's some really rich stuff in there that we could have drawn out and actually having the the sense to go we need to go we can't move on yet we need more on this yeah I think someone once said about whether you go like a mile wide and an inch deep or you go an inch wide and a mile deep yeah, and, yeah. and the, the benefits and drawbacks of both so I, I quite like that now whereas before I'd have, you know I'd have thought no no I want to talk about this or I want to get into this yeah. actually if some ideas are put together it's more of a okay let's go and yeah. see because yeah. yeah it might not be what I thought and it might not work it might work but actually without putting it into practice we'll never know so I'd rather yeah. that we actually did that yeah, might definitely. not be on my plan might no, not be on my we're idea going but, off plan. That's but, a break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but actually if we do it what do they come back and then what have they learned and yeah. Yeah, is, that, is that the way and would I have done that three, four years ago, no. No, you know, it's, it's tough, isn't it? And it, you get to a point where you're almost happy to not have all the answers. Mm. You, yeah. It's that real swing yeah. of like, I feel like I need to know everything. And I think the te like going back to teaching, there was a point when teachers were seen as the font of all knowledge. Yeah. And if you didn't have every answer to every question, like you're a failure. Yeah. Um, and I definitely didn't have every answer to every question. No. I had to teach A-level maths a few times. You know, I didn't have any answers then. That was a challenge. No. No, um, we uh, we used to have a uh, when I was teaching we used to have a thing of um, if we didn't know the answer we'd say that's a really good challenge why don't you go find yeah, that classic, out classic, classic, classic you know a bit of research yeah, independent yeah, yeah. research in fact yeah, it's yeah. funny you mentioned that that's your homework for <laughs> yeah. today yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I, you know I, and, but I, got, I suppose I got to a point where I was just comfortable going do you know what I don't, I don't know yeah. should, should we all try and find out together like I'll yeah. look it up as well let's see what we can come up with yeah. um, well why did you ask that question what do you think and, and drawing it back out yeah, because if they've asked the question, they're probably curious around it, and just because I'm not curious around it, yeah, it true, doesn't true. mean you, that it's, yeah. it shouldn't be ever looked and into. And you, so. you don't want to kill the curiosity no. that someone might have, do you? No, you want to no. foster it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so before we go into sort of like key learning moments, do you want to talk to me around the ACP? You've done the ACP, you're yeah. a year out of the ACP. Um, learning didn't stop just because ACP no, stopped. So definitely not, definitely What's not. been the, the process, the journey for you through that ACP? Cool, well... I think for me, the biggest thing was it got me out of a bubble. Okay. Um, so I, at this point where I applied for ACP, I, one, I was like staggered I got on it. Um, again, probably a bit of imposter syndrome coming out again, feeling yeah, like, who's yeah. this player? How does he get on something? It's got the word advanced in it. I'm not yeah. advanced. <laughs> I think that's quite an important point is it's about advancing people's coaches, not just for advanced coaches. No. And I think there's a bit of a perception thing in that and a bit of a misconception that people maybe need to address at mm. times um, yeah so I was coaching at Marlborough um, with the best will in the world my sessions were fine but if they hadn't been I'm not sure I would have had someone check and challenge me on that yeah. someone sort of 
well, how could you have made that better? It was like it was good enough. I was player coaching, so it's always a different environment. Anyway, you can't really. You know, it's a bit more like you set up the game, the practice, yeah. and then it runs. Yeah. And then you feedback, you know, terminally at the end rather than any concurrent, ongoing, any conversations. Um, Limited opportunity in that player coach to do some one to one. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're in. Unless you're marking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chasing that kid round. Get yeah. back here, boy. <laughs> But um, yeah, so, um, so it got me out of my comfort zone. It took me to to widen my circle. Like I was quite insular. I didn't really. I coached in Wiltshire. I did. I think by that point, I just started assisting at what was JRPC then. Um, hadn't really been exposed to different environments. I, I knew what I knew. I'd been where I'd been, and I coached how I'd been coached. And it just. I think it was like, you know, Lucy, my mentor, like challenged me. To broaden that and I was really inquisitive about it I wanted it to I wanted to take the opportunity you know like two years sounds a long time when you start but it flew by it just absolutely flew by to the point where it was you know you got towards the end of it and it was a bit like oh, now what how yeah. do I do now like, yeah, yeah. I've finished but I think the nice thing for me I, on a selfish level is it, it led to this new role yeah you know I, yeah. I think it's no coincidence there's no secret that if I hadn't been involved in ACP my sort of coaching career would not have advanced as quickly as it has within within the pathway and, and out beyond it you know it's uh, okay so we're back after a little little technical glitch um, no, you were so popular Gary. Yeah, me neither. So didn't realize a phone call was going to create such an issue um, ACP do you want to talk to me about ACP yeah so um, oh We've been interrupted again now, look by Sam. We're so popular. Uh, So ACP said, yeah, um, I was on cohort one, so it's 2016 to 2018. Um, I just, the biggest thing for me with ACP was I was in a a bubble. I was in my little little world of coaching where I'd been coached the way I'd been coached. I therefore coached the way I'd been coached. (laughs) I knew what I knew. I hadn't been particularly curious about finding other things out beyond like the normal. Ooh, that looked quite fun. I'll, mm. I'll steal that. Um, and I think it just opened my eyes that there's a like a community out there of, of coaches, and it, it connected me with people in a way that I hadn't been able to before. Um, at the point of applying for ACP, I think I just started assisting at, at JRPC as it was back then. Um, so yeah, it felt a little bit of like the imposter syndrome when I rocked up to the, the velodrome at Lee Valley for the first thing and it was a bit like, wow, okay. Rick Shuttleworth, did he deliver your first uh, No, it no. was Damien, what's his name? Barcelona guy. Uh, Hughes? Hughes, Damien Hughes, yeah, the five oh, steps wow. to winning mindset. Yeah, oh, so wow. he, he did our afternoon and... Yeah. Between Demi and him, I came away and my mind was was yeah. melted. It I was a it was a deep I conversation. Demi and Rick. Oh so wow! Okay, yeah, between yeah. The, you yeah. know, I think between the two of us, there, we yeah. definitely. I went away brain fried. Yeah, I, so and I think one. that's the biggest thing of ACP is it's it's how comfortable are you being uncomfortable? Mm. How mm. are you willing to challenge yourself? Are you willing to think of these new ideas and really actually reflect? But the difference between like just reflecting and actually reflective practice of putting it into place so mm. like what did I learn so what now what and I think yeah. that now what has been probably one of the biggest things I took away of it's wonderful doing these things and there's probably lots of coaches out there who go and experience different environments and you know go to a nags taste today but what does it mean to them and I yeah. think that's where I sort of at first I didn't know and I'm getting more comfortable in terms of 
taking away the, the bits that I think will work for me and, and little trips, little tips. Um, but yeah, the community element to ACP was pretty big. Um, quite, like I said, quite insular before, sort mm-hmm. of just did what I did, where I did it. Didn't really have people challenging what I did and why I did it and could I have done it better. Um, so suddenly those conversations started and mm-hmm. I, I, I just got really curious. I yep. loved it. Um, I just took every opportunity I could, really, to be perfectly honest. I was one of them. I was the keynote who just rocked up to everything. And So if someone's going to apply for the ACP or thinking of applying for the ACP, I always get asked the question of, what do you get out of it? So I'm not going to ask you that question. Okay. What do you think people get out of it? Do you know what? This is a bit of a cop-out, but it is 100% dependent on the person. Yeah. Um, like the nature of the, the offer that England Hockey make in terms of you know their support their coaching development you know not qualifications but their development um, it can be so individualized that the journey will look massively different for me I think if I if you'd asked me when I'd gone in where my my biggest weaknesses or my biggest areas for development were it would have been around my probably my tactical and technical knowledge um, so for me a big part of it was picking up more current more relevant of that and that was partly through conversation with people um, that was partly just through having a bit of a better idea where to look for things and just chatting to people, um, hearing other people coach. Um, but it, it would look very different for different people. I think my teaching background, I was probably more comfortable with the, like the environment builder element to it, the, the making it fun, the making it engaging, the relationships kind of thing. You know, I was ahead of year in my, at school as well. Um, and I think most people would probably say that was where I, my strength was in my teaching was like relationships as a form of behaviour management not the big shouty discipline it was mm-hmm. like people thought I was alright and that helps <laughs> yeah. um, so I think for me ACP was in, in that aspect of, of the technical tactical as well as just extending everything and probably the reflection side of it as well is, is like I said earlier reflective practice rather than just reflecting yes. and I think that's that's yeah, significant yeah. that I hadn't really considered on it you know I thought driving home thinking all oh, that session was okay was reflection and yeah. I look back and it's like no nah, that was just lip service it wasn't really anything useful so I think I've definitely learned that and probably why I am like I am on social media where I <laughs> ask the questions and yes. I know a few people call me Paxman for that yeah, so yeah, yeah. definitely that's that's just because I'm curious to find out what is it they're gonna take away because yeah. if you're taking away that, then that's great. But if you don't know what you're taking away, then it's, it's been a pointless exercise of seeing that, yeah, hearing 100%, that. 100%, 100%. how's that going to impact on you? Yeah. What now? Um, and hopefully just me asking those questions and making people think a bit more, they might think, oh, yeah, well, actually, that's what I've took away. Brilliant. Yeah. I'd love to hear how uh, you're going to how It's a nudge, it's a nudge isn't it? It's like we yeah. do with players. If you, yeah. if you tell players, great. They might, they might remember a little bit of it. But if you nudge them to find their own answers, then... That's what we're here for. Yeah, and it's no different developing coaches, developing players. And I'm only asking the questions that my mentor asks me. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. <So, yeah. laughs> so, no, it's so uh, true though. It's, yeah. you know, it's Phil, taking stock. It's taking Phil asks stock. some really in, in in depth questions. You know, I'm I've not got the intelligence that he's got. Um, I don't think many do, to be fair. Uh, and then you know, he asks questions. You speak to Paul Connolly. He asks yeah. me questions. Rusty and Fletch asking me questions. I'm just putting all those sort of things into my language and just going what works for me yeah what, what, what fits yeah what fits and me. asking that to other people yeah i think that's that's what it is isn't it it's mm. you we're not rewriting anything tremendously new no. it's 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 the way we do what we do 
that makes it applicable to everyone in their own environments. Yeah, agreed. I think that's quite important to always consider. So along this journey, what's been the biggest inspiration for you? Who or what has or been who? the biggest? Yeah. Wow, who's really difficult? Probably Lucy is my mentor in ACP. Yeah. She was she was big. Yeah. Um, we still we still catch up. Yeah. Met her at a coaching conference recently, UK coaching one. Mm -hmm talking about imposter syndrome talking right. about feeling like you belong um, yeah she's I think our journey's been relatively similar on some levels um, partly I now have her old job yes. so I guess that is quite similar, <laughs> quite similar yeah. Um, yeah so she's been quite inspirational for me and then I, it's hard to pinpoint individuals um, I've just really asked questions of people I've made sure I speak to different people I've made sure you know, working this year with Ben has been unbelievable. Like, yeah. He's a very close friend, mm -hmm. love the bloke to death. Um, and actually just being on a pitch with him, slightly different approach in terms of things. We've kind of, we've worked with each other, we've planned sessions together. It's a, it, it's been an opportunity that I've valued incredibly highly. And it's something that I'm, I'm hoping people can find that kind of thing, find someone to work with in terms of coaching that, that challenges you that says why are you doing that why don't you try this have you considered yeah. this not yeah. just like lip service of yeah that's great well done you know ge genuine like and because of the nature of the role that I was doing there I would assist Ben with the, the men's side of the club and he would come onto the pitch and sort of assist you on the ladies side which I was more responsible for so we kind of flip roles mid-session so you do an hour and a half with the ladies and then flip it around and I'm supporting Ben with the men and and that sort of co-coaching like genuine co-coaching rather than you go I go yeah was cool it was really nice to see the impact that we can have around it yeah earlier on you mentioned about the experience of Bristol and how that sort of you, you're comfortable with being uncomfortable and yeah. the challenges that creates so if we think about the biggest learning moment for okay. you has, is, has that been involved in it or is there a different learning moment um, I've, I've had some ses sessions that how do I word this <laughs> If I went and observed someone else doing it, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd expect them to walk off the pitch okay. not very pleased. Let's put yeah, it that way. Yeah. No, I think, I think you learn by trying. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we're forever preaching that players have to not be afraid to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. They have to be happy to fail first attempt in learning. Mm -hmm. They have to be vulnerable. But as coaches, I would challenge a lot of people as to how often they're willing to do that as a coach. You know, we're learning exactly the same. Um, so trying a new session and it going completely against how you thought it would work. And then sort of, I suppose, talking to the players out like, how could we make this better? Why, why isn't this working? This isn't doing what we want. What, what can we do to it? I think back to probably one of my early JRPC sessions. It's probably a real crystallizing one. After I'd got an ACP, I was like, right, I've, I'm here. I'm an advanced coach. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore I have to make it really complicated. And it was like one of them all singing, all dancing. The score line, I still can't work out the scoring system that I planned years ago. It was like five for this, three for that, minus one for this. Goalkeepers get two if they do this, but it becomes four if they do this. Yeah. Players joining from different areas, multi-areas of the pitch. And no one had a clue what was going on, and it was it was rubbish. <laughs> and then it, we played 3v3, and it worked, funnily <laughs> enough. And I think that, for me, was one of those crystallizing moments of, yeah, I don't have to make this too complicated. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it was that desire to show, like, okay, I, I'm, I'm good now. I've got this. I'm a good coach. I've got to make it really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and you come off the pitch knackered. You know, you, 
like you see it with some teachers who are the ones who are at the front of the class kids all sat there passive learning while you're there pontificating all singing all dancing and, and people might look at that and go wow what a teacher they're so engaging but really they're just performing they're not you know are the kids actually learning and you can't perform as a teacher as I learned yeah you know Tasman- I would say I was a Tasmanian <laughs> you cannot perform that all, all day, day no. five days a week no, well, you, no. if you do your career will be about six months long and then yeah. it'll be chill out <laughs> it's time it's hard work and you um, get signed off with stress for that don't yeah, you? yeah yeah and I used that, to talk about the same I yeah think. agreed, agreed. Yeah, I used to talk about extrovert hours like I'm I'm not the most extrovert person mm-hmm. like naturally um, but I can put that on for a few hours if I need to yeah, yeah. but if I, if I do it all day I'm drained like I will come yeah. home and you know my wife will testify to it there's some days I come home and it's just like cool I'm done and that's just from being on a pitch that's being fun being right. engaging mm-hmm. you know and it's yeah that can be tough but I think this like the design of a session being simple enough to allow positive interactions is something that I've it's something I'm really big on at the moment in terms of my coaching and when I go and develop other coaches cool so I think that leads me into you then for the future you finished ACP the journey never stops mm. what's next well with the move um, yeah. Exeter Uni yeah. um, so going down there going to work with Harry um, it would be interesting to, to get into a different environment you know obviously Exeter I think that's a dirty word where we're sat currently in Loughborough right now yeah. <laughs> might get kicked out the alarm will go off um, uh. <laughs> but yeah so going down there experiencing a new environment a different type of programme yeah. um, really excited about that opportunity seeing where I can help out with that um, with the change of job, um, I don't know if I said it earlier, but came out of teaching at Christmas um, into this, this full-time coach development role since then. Um, just loving every minute of it, you know, driving a lot of miles, yeah. <laughs> driving a lot of miles and getting to know the motorways of, yeah. of the UK pretty well. What's your favourite service station? Uh, Gloucester Services by mile, <laughs> Gloucester Services, I will, I'm going to hang my mast on is there, that, oh, Gloucester Services. Likes as well, is it? I, yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. if you've not been there, it's, like it's basically a farmer's market. As a services. services for me has been my best. I've oh, not been to okay. Gloucester. Gloucester, oh, yeah, mate, yeah, I would yeah. I would recommend it. It's okay. it's it's a it's a day out. It's a day out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I think finding my feet more with this role, looking mm-hmm. at where I can support people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it kind of combines I love coaching. Yeah. I love teaching. This is kind of the hybrid of both, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's you know, coach development, so I'm, I'm really keen to keep going in the pathway, keep looking at how I can better improve what I'm doing there. I wouldn't say I'm particularly aspirational in, in you know, the next level of coaching, and I think that's something that people get a little bit too hung up on. You know, you can be a really good coach at any level. It's yeah. not like if you're not coaching at the NAGS level, you're not a good coach. Um, and I think sometimes people get a bit too tied up in their identity as a coach being predominantly based on where they're coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's, it's, it's a bit of a, you know, I'm very happy in the environments I'm in, consolidation of how can I make, make them better. Um, yeah, so lo- lots okay. of challenges, lots, lots of challenges, challenges in there. And, yeah. and with the move and my wife's changing her career slightly as well and Evie, our daughter, starting school not that far away. She's four in October, so we're doing school choices in January. There's a lot of change. So I think yeah. a bit of a consolidation and, and just yeah. do what I do really well. Okay. That's my aim, I think. Excellent. 
Right. Well, it's been lovely. Having a little you. chat. Yeah. Hopefully the world will get to, to know a bit more about Matt Way and wow. why he's in this role. If they want to. If, if they, they want, want to. to. Getting in contact with you. There's obviously social media. Can you remember your uh, Twitter, handle? God. Twitter. I think it's at MattWay5, right. I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I believe. Yeah, and then they can also get hold of you through England Hockey. Yeah, on absolutely. Their website anyway. Yeah, yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, brilliant. Look, it's been been good. People will have lots of questions, I'm sure, about coach development, coaching. Yeah. Questions that you'll easily be able to answer. I'm pretty sure. I so. hope so. I hope so. Yeah, please do get in touch if you've got questions. We're always here to help. Always here to help. Brilliant. Thank you. Cheers, Gary. Thanks. Yeah.